This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comics Podcast, Season 15, Episode 5. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Dev. And this is Theo. And today, we have just a little bit of stuff to cover. A little bit of tangential news, and one review, and a short Greater Gotham. So we're going to get to it. First things first, uh, the cartoon, or animated, Batman Cape Crusader TV show that's in development has been picked up by Amazon. So it used to be an HBO Match project, HBO Max project, but now it's an Amazon Prime project. All the same creative team, apparently, and it's been picked up for two seasons of 10 episodes each. Uh, any thoughts? It's a little sad I won't be on HBO Max. I like having all my bat products in one website. <laughs> um, but yeah, whatever. I have Prime. I don't care. I know there are evil overlords. I, I, I'm all be, I'm for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, the way the way Zasloff was cutting stuff at HBO Max, I'm happy it was picked up by someone because we 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 had the alternative. That's true. It could have been like picked up and then immediately cut because it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> It could have been picked up like another HBO Max property, The Nevers, and then dropped on streaming live TV oh. that you could only watch in the middle of the day on a work day. Oh, my wait, God. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, man. What am I missing? Uh, the Nevers, which was an HBO Max original program, was bought by uh, Tubi, and you can only watch it. It's basically actually TV, but streaming on the internet. <laughs> and you can only watch it at certain times. It's hilariously <laughs> stupid. Oh my goodness. I mean, I thought I thought you were gonna mention something to the sense of, you know, being cut like Batgirl after the movie was already finished or something like that. Oh, Batgirl was already shot. It wasn't finished. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, I actually have no idea where Cape Crusader is in production. I mean, they've been producing it for, what, like two, three years? 
I don't know, but I, I, I thought I read somewhere that it was supposed to be a precursor to the animated series. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I should poke my head back in on Greg Greco's server because he's a writer for it. Second piece of news, the DC YA title Teen Titans Robin was released last week. Uh, we'll be having a review up on the site soon. And they announced that they're going to have two more books in the series. There's four so far. Robin Damien has been in the last two books, and Dick has been in the last book. Uh, the next book will be called Starfire, which means that all Dick and Corey shippers can rejoice. <laughs> and a sixth book is promised, whether it is a cyborg book, much to Theo's displeasure, or a Teen Titans United type book where they all get together. Uh, we don't know. But six books are planned for the series, and the series is hitting massive sales. It cracked the top 100 on Amazon, not just for like superheroes and graphic novels. It actually hit number one in all those categories. It cracked top 100 of all books sold on Amazon.com. Wow. So it was really a good seller, and it has been for the last three volumes. I keep forgetting oh, it exists. So, I wait, feel wait. bad. So, you shouldn't. It's a really good series. I know. I need Check to give it a try. Sorry, hey, wait. So. Okay, so we have Damien that's already there. Mm -hmm. I, I need to read it too. So we have Damien. Damien's already there. How old is Damien in the series? It's unclear. But he's a younger teen. Right? He's a younger teen. I think that would be fair to say. Like 13 is where I'm thinking. Okay. And we're now, and Dick is there as well. How old is Dick? He looks like he's about 16 to 17. God, I can't wait to see how they make uh, Starfire. <laughs> well, they released the first image in the back of the latest book, and she looks really cute. But the whole art, like, I love the art for this series by Gabriel Piccolo. It's all really cute. So they're leaning more well, on the teen I'm, cute I'm, I'm, I'm just... and not oh, so yeah. much the gaping. I mean, the third book is called uh, Beast Boy Loves Raven. Like, that's yeah. the kind of vibe they're going for. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm just wanting it to be where Corey is just just a smidgen too young to be Dick's girlfriend <laughs> so the shippers could just go crazy. Wait, what? That's not going to stop them. You want, are you saying you want Damien to go for Starfire? Not of needs to go for Starfire. You just want to, to, you just want Starfire and Dick to be just out of reach. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be shipping Dick and yeah. Starfire. Well, I'm pretty sure, too, but that, you know. Dick Bab fans can dream. Dick and Babs have current comics. I don't know. I, I think it's really weird to me that Dick and Corey have so many fans, even though they haven't been a thing in comics for 30 years. I think it's partly because the cartoon was so popular in like 2003, but it, it's just so weird to me. Whatever. But it's a great series. It's a 100% good series. I, I recommend it highly. Last bit of news has absolutely nothing to do with Batman, and I'm just going to say I am infuriated and depressed that they have canceled the current run of The Flash and are relaunching it with a new number one in September. With my favorite writer, Cy Spurrier. That's sarcasm, guys. I don't like Cy Spurrier. Taking over writing duties. So, I am very sad and have been very sad all week. 
Four. Eight. <laughs> the last few weeks, because when that story, that story posted what Monday posted on Friday. So I've been Friday, yeah. So you had the whole weekend and everything to soak. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was just all the means and all the fads. Sorry. Yep. So to get the bad taste of that out of my mouth, let's move on to the review of Batman number one hundred and thirty-three. <laughs> This is written by Chip Zdarsky and artist Mike Hawthorne. Our story begins in a warehouse in the Gotham City of another universe, as the Riddler, Edward Nigma, judges the cognitive abilities of children through riddles. If they can't answer, he sentences them to Arkham. The venomized police officers escorting Riddler notice something moving around up above and investigate. One of their own plummets to the ground in front of them unconscious. While another officer is strung up, Riddler takes a boy hostage. Something is thrown through his hand, disarming him of his handgun. Batman then leaps at the Riddler, taking down the terrified rogue. At Arkham, Selina Kyle, Kyle confronts Red Mask. It, she tells him that this fighter is very good, but lies by claiming that it's not Bruce Wayne. She presumes that he's also the same guy who dressed up as Batman and put Riddler in the hospital. After showing a picture of a hospitalized Nigma, she confronts Mask on Riddler's abduction of children. Selene tells Mask that she wants no part of a plan that involves children, but before she can finish, Mask knocks her to the ground, demanding she do what he asks and bring in this Batman. At the Gotham City Cemetery, Batman exhumes the corpse of this world's Bruce Wayne. As he digs, he tries to put the pieces together, wondering if Darwin Halliday, this world's Joker, is the real threat behind everything. Or if Halliday tried to save Bruce. As Batman opens Bruce's coffin, Alfred Pettyworth aims a gun at the Cape Crusader. Batman unmasks and tells Alfred he's from another world. In his world, the Alfred he knew was a kind man who stood up to evil. Batman tells Alfred that he will do just that, but he needs to examine Bruce's corpse to find out how this world's hero died. Batman leaves with the body, and Alfred remains behind, weeping. Uh, at the Wayne mission, Jewel plays lookout while Batman uses medical equipment to examine Bruce's body. Batman learns that Bruce is poisoned by gas, but there are also traces of multiversal energy. Outside, Judge Dent arrives with the police in force. Batman tells Jewel to alert the staff of the Wayne mission and help get residents out. He suspects that Dent will raise the building to the ground. Batman engages Dent, and the two fight it out in the rain. Batman uses his wits to take Dent down quickly in front of a couple officers, who run while Batman questions Dent. Catwoman arrives and offers to lead Batman to Red Mask, though he doesn't fully trust her, is the only choice he has. He follows her, not Arkham Asylum, but the underground city beneath Arkham called Arkham Caves. We learned from solicitations that this storyline has two more issues, uh, one of which will be oversized. That will be May's issue. Uh, so this is the halfway point. Does this feel like halfway through the story? I guess. Um, sure. We've got maybe our alliances set up, possibilities for backstabbings, trajectory to finding big bads. How many did you say are left? Three or two? Two. Two. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, sure. 
That was a verbose answer. Sure. Yeah, Steph kind of took my answer. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, yeah, it, it definitely feels like the appropriate place. You know, we 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 see partnerships starting to develop, even going as far as you know him revealing himself to Alfred. So, yeah, but yeah, we seem the pacing here is much better than a, a certain other bad book. What I could you be talking about? <laughs> that I shall not name until next episode. I will say, when she let him down to the Arkham Caves, I was like, so, are the Orgums involved? Oh no, that's a different book. I have to pretend that doesn't exist because <laughs> it's the only way anything makes... I guess it's an alternate universe too, but maybe the Orgums, a- Orgums are involved here too. That's a really good point. Why do you think Zdarsky decided to spend... An entire almost six months, half a year in an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. To Guess give us something to look forward to compared <laughs> to Anon Gotham. <laughs> well, it does mean that the book can't be leading the bat line because none of the other bat books are in the same universe. I don't know. It, I'm not saying it's a bad story at all because I think it's a good story. But it's an extremely disconnected story. Like, does this even feel connected to the failsafe arc? Like, obviously, the failsafe arc got us to this place. But, like, why does it matter? Why does anything that happened in the failsafe arc matter to what's happening here in the alternate universe? Well, I don't think it will until he gets back. Well, we have the backups. Which... Not to talk too much about the backups before we get to the backup. But the Tim and the backup and his mentality and his mission is completely different than the Tim book. So thank goodness (laughs) I would say, hey, it's nice to have the backup accompanying this, because if nothing else, hopefully it was ongoing. But it would be nice for both Tim and Bruce to be different people when this is over. However, how do you think Bruce could be different? As a result of this otherworldly adventure. Hmm. Hopefully he'll know how important his family is to him. Is that the lesson he always learns? <laughs> that is the lesson he always learns. It's what he learned in Tynan's run. It's what he learned in King's run. It's what he learned in Snyder's run. And then in the end, he goes 360 and we end right back up where he started. You know, he he learns for a few issues and then he goes right back being to the same old Bruce we're we're used to. So, you know. It's so annoying. Bruce will be Bruce. But I I do want to go back to, you know, what you were saying with regards to the whole fail-safe storyline and feeling disjointed. I think, first of all, I think Steph kind of hit it on the hit the nail on the head in that the backup I think keeps us connected to the fail safe story simply because in the previous issues in the backup, Tim makes multiple mentions of fail safe. So, you know, we, we so even though we have this main story that takes us to another universe where there is no failsafe, we, we still have that connection through the backup, which, again, 
I truly enjoyed the fact that Sadowski's writing both. Because if it's like that other book, who shall not be named right now. But unfortunately, I mean, most of the Batman universe is just so disjointed right now. Yeah. It used to yeah. not bother me as much, but I feel like when they're trying to have some connection, it's like, well, then you have to try. You have to make the effort. If you want to tell us this is all one universe, then you have to put the effort into telling it or into making it actually. And when JT was there and, and, and I assume they reopened the Batman room, it didn't, it, it just seemed so organic with the way that the books were connected. And then, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just so many. It just seems like multiple universes, even looking at, you know, what Nightwing is doing on his end. And I don't even want to talk about Batgirls, but that just totally seems like an entirely different universe. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard to coordinate these things, but that's what that's like what they pay editors for. So like. I feel like they should definitely take advantage of the money they're getting. I know it's not a lot, but it's something, and that's their job that they're getting that money for. So Yeah, I mean, if the writers aren't meeting, you know, and collaborating, at least let the editors do it. Oh, did you hear about the, the pun? Oh, yeah. I can't remember where I said it. Was it on the... It must have been on the podcast, because the... The editor's note last month, last episode with punchline number five was wrong because it referenced Batman Eternal. And I was like, I've read Batman Eternal three times all the way through all 52 issues. That's from that issue, not this other one. Come on, dude. Nerd. (laughs) Steph, you're on a Batman podcast. I do that to my husband all the time, and that's always his response. <laughs> um. All right. So, I don't. I don't really have any more questions about the main story. What do you guys think? Any other questions you think we should cover? Do you think Selena's gonna stab him in the back? Yes. This feels like the Dark Knight Rises. See, I was thinking it feels like the Dark Knight Rises, which is why I don't think she's gonna do it, because I feel like that would be too on the nose, and sadarsky has been a good storyteller, and I don't think he would just copy something from a widely known movie, but I really hope she doesn't. She will. I, I, I really hope not, because I, I really think she hates the idea of what Red Mask is doing, especially with the kids, so I'm hoping that she's real and she's not going to backstab him. I am contractually obligated to be wrong. <laughs> Especially since we all know Red Mask is Jason. Do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my original prediction, so I'm going to die on that hill. That- I mean, I'm not going to die on that Wait, hill. Wait, what if it's Dick, though? <gasps> no! We haven't seen any of the Bat family other than Alfred and Selena. I know, right? But the they're all the same age, so they'd be babies. Well, I guess Dick and Jason are babies. Why would they be babies? Dick is an like adult. Don't don't talk to me. They're all babies. I'm watching My Hero Academia right now, season six, and I'm in a lot of trauma. 
Everyone is dying and having their legs ripped off and or cutting them off their own legs. Kids, don't let anyone get you started on anime. It is a drug. <laughs> All right. Wait, well, what do you think of the art? I mean, we, we didn't have Jorge. Uh, we had Mike. Oh, don't. I mean, it's the same artist, so I didn't really have any new art notes. I don't like it. It's too inconsistent. I don't... I think before we started, before you got on, we were talking a little bit about art. And I decided that it's fine. It's serviceable. I wouldn't choose it. It's better than Howard Porter. It's better than Porter. It's not as good as Jimenez. It's It's fine. It's not my favorite. Yes, ma'am. From <laughs> <laughs> my opinion, whatever. All right. Um, I'm going to move on to the backup, which is the Toy Box, Part 3, written by Chip Zdarsky, illustrated by Miguel Mendonca. Leaping into action from last issue's backup, Tim Drake finds himself surrounded by Toy Man and his toy soldiers. Robin shuts himself back into a barn where he's rounded up the Gothamites trapped here and begins distributing the teleportation discs Mr. Terrific gifted him in a previous backup. One of the survivors tells Robin there's another person out there, and Robin blows a hole in the barn and uses a tracker to find this last survivor. Robin winds up in a lab where another toy man is operating on a living person. This toy man isn't alive, but Robin reminds himself of the rules Batman and himself play by. No killing. Robin takes down this bio-man just as the first toy man enters with his army. Grabbing toy man and the last survivor, Robin activates his suit. This sends himself, toy man, the last survivor, and all the other survivors holding discs back to Mr. Terrific. Once back, Robin tells Mr. Terrific that toy man will help them get Batman back. So, this one, I will say, definitely feels like the middle... Closing in on the end of this story. Um, how did you enjoy it? I'm actually really liking this little story. I will nitpick a couple of things. I don't know how Toyman recognized Robin. He's in a really weird, like, space jumping onesie. Like That was the first thing that I said, too, when I read it. You're like, how the hell do you know if that's Tim? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The same way Babs no. recognized Dick when he was Agent no. 37 and she couldn't see his face, no. but she could Listen. see his butt. Listen, friend, I was driving behind my husband a couple years ago and I lost sight of him because it was a really long day and my contacts were glued to my eyeballs and I was seeing double of everything and I was trying to find him because I just bought a new car and we we're driving home from Dallas. It was two hours and I couldn't find him. And then I saw this car and I was like, that car is driving like someone who loves me. That's my husband. Okay. When you love someone, you can tell who they are from behind. When I go see, watch him play Frisbee, I know to look for this skinny guy with bad posture. And that's my husband. Okay. If I'm the Toy Man villain looking at a superhero in a tight onesie of nondescript, non-branded color... It doesn't look like Robin. He's got a mess. He's got the... No, it doesn't look like Robin. It's fine. But he moves like Robin. <sighs> he sounds like five seconds. And he has Robin's butt. And then my question, too, was... How do we know these are all people from Gotham? Is that how he found them? Like, he, he tracked people who were in the wrong universe? Is that what he... 
did. I mean, that was all part of last issue's uh, magic science stuff, I thought. Okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Then. But other than that, I really like that story. I mean, it's creepy as all get out, but um, I like that it's moving Toy forward. Toy Man's a creepy villain. <laughs> I like that we're moving forward. There was a reason we got the Toy Man to do dimension hopping. So that's the reason we have him now. It didn't wasn't completely useless these last few issues. Robin is kicking butt, taking names. Man, I was having flashbacks to 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 um the drones when Robin was like taking out the drones with his bow staff before he quote unquote died forever. Um he was just fighting all the dudes with his bow staff. Oh, so cool. I liked it. Um, the issue was okay. Again, I, I I definitely enjoyed the pace of I definitely enjoy the pace of Zadowski's writing uh, compared to, yeah, that. Uh, but I'm happy that the story is moving along. I mean, I, of course, it has to, considering it has to be done. Matter of fact, I would assume that I would assume that it'll be done by the time Bruce gets home, because Tim obviously would have to find him, right? Yes. Unless Batman finds Tim first. No, he's t- he's too busy. He's too busy. Yeah, I think Tim arrives right as Bruce has a gun to his head. Oh, that would be cool. So, do you think that um, the art is better in the backup or in the main book? Oh, backup, 100%. Huh. I like the detail to faces better. I like the consistency between pair characters better. <laughs> um, no, I like it tons better. And I like the colors better. And that might just be the setting of the story, but I like the colors better. Well, I think the colors had to be brighter considering. Yeah, it's like generic suburban American neighborhood versus Gotham on Venom. All right, let's give our issue a rating. Out of five Bioman bots. Bioman bots. You know, the robot that Toy Man has oh, operating on. Creepy. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say four. I like the Batcat interaction. I like the backup. I like the story. I like the voices. Did not like Riddler, but I never like Riddler. Do you like him better or worse than Spine Riddler? I like him better than Spine Riddler. <laughs> Actually, I was kind of thinking. I almost decided I didn't, and then I was like, "Wait, no! This is a whole. This is like, you know, universe where everyone has hot dogs for fingers. This is the universe where everyone is on Venom, and that's fine. I can get behind that. And then we get more Riddler and Batman Inc. Okay. <laughs> that's right, you did. Uh I will give. It a three seven five. Oh, you guys really like this issue. I did. The story is great. Again, like I said, I I enjoy the pacing. the The art was okay. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't. I think I like the art more than you all dislike it. I don't dislike it. I just don't think it's very exciting. Uh, for me, this is a three, which, in my opinion, is still good. I'm just not super excited about middle of stories usually. 
as Theo knows. And then over on TBU, Scott gave it a 3 as well. So that gives us an average score of 3.44 and a mode of 3. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. Let's move on to Greater Gotham. The Joker, the man who stopped laughing, season two, number six. Oh, abstain. But okay, so I, I, since there were so few books, I, I tried reading a few, and I skimmed this one and thought, meh, <laughs> I'm good. And abstain. What? I thought you were reading this. Oh no, it's Ian that sometimes reads it. Well, I did read this. I probably won't next time because there was no Stephanie Brown. So thumbs down. <laughs> Because it's a Joker book. Yeah. Speaking of Joker books, Batman and the Joker, the deadly duo. Number five, Theo. I am I am going to give it a neutral. Trending up. It, it's been good the entire series, but the the ending this issue was kind of a letdown. I and I abstain. I looked at it, and it definitely looked like a book. I mean, the art was amazing. I really liked the art, and it looked like a well-crafted book. It just wasn't my gem. But anyway. Yeah, some of those pages with the art, I, I, I sometimes see Sylvester, but you know who else? I'll, I also sometimes see uh, Freddie Williams the third, in some of his art. Really, really good. I really like it. Poison Ivy number 10. Um, thumbs down. I thought, I mean, not that I'm a fan of Gwyneth Paltrow, but they weren't even being subtle about attacking Gwyneth Paltrow and her weirdness. Um, and then the whole mushroom orgy was weird. And then the friend that Theo was like, she's gonna, I forget what you said, she's either gonna turn on her or go weird. But she was like, definitely became like the boundary ignoring intrusive friend that I hate. Like, we need to go do this thing. No, I don't want to do the thing. No, we need to go do the thing. And if I was Ivy, I would have just left. I would have gotten in the car without her, gone, done my own thing. I don't, not like people like that. But anyway, yeah, it was just weird. Thumbs down. She didn't kill anyone. That was cool. <laughs> she wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is a neutral for me. It was really kind of mad. I continue to abstain. <laughs> oh, 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 and she cheated on Harley, like, right after Harley left, and on her way to go be with Harley, she cheats on Harley, and she's, like, aware enough 
while she's doing it because it was during the mushroom orgy. But she's aware enough that she's doing she's making a mistake. So that which was, is worse though, yeah. cheating on your girlfriend or murdering tons of people. Well, she didn't murder tons of people. She has in the past. Yes, but that's like not a <laughs> thing against Harley. Yes, but I don't appreciate the fact that it feels like this book is attempting to get me to feel negatively about Poison Ivy because she cheats on her girlfriend instead of the fact that she's a mass murdering psychopath <laughs> who hates human life. Multiversity Harley screws up the DCU number one. Man, I got tricked into reading that one. I, I don't know why. I would have deleted it if you hadn't said you read it. <laughs> I thought it was because I thought it had something to do with the Harley book and had nothing to do with the Harley book. Um, well, I as I told Steph, this has to do with the New Amanda Connor Harley yeah. book it from 10 fine. years ago. I actually probably would have given it like a good solid neutral if it wasn't for the ending. But the fact that, I mean, spoiler, <laughs> she's in a time traveling machine, goes into the future a few years or months. We don't really know. And she meets another Harley, which doesn't work for time travel. That works for. Well, I guess if it's a multiverse thing, I might. Anyway, meh, as it was silly. Welcome to this particular version of Harley. <laughs> I might skip further. I thought it was I one shot. I skipped this one. I am sure Theo skips this one. You are a smart person. <laughs> All right, Batgirls number sixteen. Speaking of things that I assume Theo skipped. Um. Neutral, but I'm for the life of me having trouble remembering what happened in this one. Steph turns into man bat. Steph turns into man bat, and the flower, no, the flower of penship, <laughs> brings her out of her delirium. And then Barbara is about to shoot her out of the sky, and Cass says, "No, she's in control of her mind. Don't shoot her out of the sky. She's our friend." <laughs> then she hugs the bat. <laughs> It was cute. It was cute, but oh man, was that weird. <laughs> was that the resin consequence, or is that... Like... So, I thought that that was going to be a resin consequence. So this is actually a like kind of trending down neutral for me, because yeah. I was it disappointed in how they did this. Down. Just the whole concept is stupid. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Whatever. It's just... <laughs> um... Man, bad. Batman, the adventures continue. Season three, number three. So I didn't read it, but I wanted to. And this is when I actually did kind of want to. Because someone on the server had mentioned they were reading it and were confused, and but were enjoying it. And it looks very interesting. And I might, but it looked a little confusing to be jumping in the middle of a story. So this is a, an abstain, but I'm going to go back and, and actually read these. and And then maybe let you know what I think. Abstain. Also abstain. The Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, number six. Am I the only one who read this? I assume I am. I tried. I got How do you read this? Well, when Sholly Fish writes it, it's actually amazing. But this was not written by Sholly Fish, so it was bad. Thumbs down. <laughs> and to round us off, Batman Incorporated, number six. Oh, man. Thumbs up all the way. Like the little character beats throughout the story were really, really nice. So even though Ghostmaker's still a jerk <laughs> and he and Bao have a lot of working out to 
therapy they need. Um, I loved the, the the different. Just they they took a breath to look at a bunch of different characters in the story, and I really appreciated that. Thumbs up for me as well, and, and and I find it really funny that the one person who seems to be on Ghostmaker's side is the one one of this position. I know. Day. I thought that was so funny. It's like, what is what are they talking? Are they? Are they getting along? <laughs> El Gato is going to end up stabbing him, stabbing him in the back. No. That that that's it. Yeah, they're going to be best friends. That's my prediction. <laughs> no, Ghostmaker will never cheat on Batman with his best friend. <laughs> oh, I, I still can't believe we have a Batman ain't with no Batman. I know they it's great. Point that out in the story too, don't they? The- like yeah, Batman's go- name is on the building. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, this is thumbs up for me too. This book is consistently super enjoyable, and I I like Michelle Bandini as an artist. I think uh, even though it's not quite as good as John Timms has been for a fill-in artist, this is really good. And I love the fact that it did pull back and looked at a lot of the different members of the team and gave them a lot more character development. That's what I've been hoping for. And the book has delivered on it a bit, but it was so plot-heavy in the first arc. Uh, the second arc is able to take a step back and really give us more of that. So this is like, great. Everything everyone was doing in the story was not even necessary. It was just Ghostmaker testing them, and he's like, I'm getting bored. <laughs> I'm just going to do I know, right? That was so Ghostmaker. And, 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 and I don't think that's going to help with the trust issue. Oh, no. No, not it's all. not. <laughs> that's, that's why he's a terrible, terrible re- person to lead the team. But I mean, and granted, he's saying they're not doing anything, but actually they are, especially uh, the, the team that Bob was on. You know, they were closing in on the building that Ghostmaker and Elgacho were already at. Yeah. Yeah, they're all doing a pretty good job. Yeah, they were doing a pretty good job. So what are your thoughts on Professor Pig being the big bad? I mean, he's definitely not the big bad. Oh, no. He's definitely not. He's the first bad, you know? The red herring bad. He's the current No, the, the yeah, the bad, the the big bad of this arc. Of this arc, I oh. I was a little surprised he took so many people down. Like, yeah, that... <laughs> like whoa, good for you, sir. Congratulations. <laughs> did, did you all do a what the hell with, with with the reveal of what was stolen? That was creepy. That was super creepy. That was creepy. Um, what was so there was two. Books I opened. There's two books I opened, and I thought I was reading the creepy Joker man who forgot to laugh or whatever that story is. Um, and so this was one of them. I opened this one. I was like, "Am I reading the right book? What book is this? Is this Joker? Oh no, no, it's Batman Incorporated. Oh, this is really gross." Oh, I should mention that even though I gave Joker season two a thumbs down, the art continues to be amazing because Carmine Di Giamman- Domenico is amazing. Carmine Di Domenico. Yeah, so everyone really should be reading Batman Incorporated, and I don't know oh. what you guys are doing. You read that one. It's really good. All right, that brings us to the end of our Greater Gotham. We are zipping right along. So we have one piece of listener feedback. Mr. Borvark, Borvok, Borvok. Barvok says, 
I unfortunately don't have any strong thoughts or comments to share. So this is going to be interesting. But thanks again for another great couple of podcasts, guys. The man who stopped laughing caught me off guard with the recent reveal. And the art in Deadly Duo continues to be amazing. Thanks for explaining manga to Theo as well. I'm happy to add further information if needed. All right. Well, we're always happy to get comments, even if it's not uh, super strong. Yeah, this has been uh, it's been a fun year so far, with the exception of the cancellation of Flash. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I can't believe we're closing in on issue number 900 of Batman. Well, okay. Were we on issue 800, Steph? Issue 800? Yeah, it was Batman number 35. Because I did, like, a guest host episode with Stella and Dustin back, and that was Batman, that was in City of Bane. Um, But I... I didn't become a regular host till after the wedding, which was 50. So I don't think I did issue 35 or issue 800. I did not know. When did you start, Steph? Was it You started on the Booster Gold arc, right? Y'all, I don't remember what I had for lunch. I don't... Um, I think I started... Yeah, I think I it got was involved the with TBU in 2018. And I don't think it was too much longer after that so like end 2018 beginning 2019 i think i i joined the cast as a temporary host and then i forgot to leave (laughs) (laughs) oh so this by the way will mean steph and i have been on roughly 100 issues of batman that's kind of exciting amazing amazing um so if you have any comments about what you expect to see on Batman issue 900, uh, please leave it on the Discord or on YouTube or any of the other places podcasts are, um, you know, dropped. And if you are a member of our Patreon, I'm going to thank you for your support by reading your name. So thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, Austin Davis, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Gerald Green, Donald Townsend, Cesar Diaz, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Jessica Morales, Rob O, Captain America, David Richards, Tim Garassi, Mary Garrett, Robert Lewis, and Stephanie Mounts. Thank you all for helping keep our archives and our new episodes on the air. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you. So that's the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we shall see you next time. This has been Ian. And this is Steph. And this is Theo. And stay warm the rest of this March. It's the same way Babs recognized Dick Grayson when he was Agent 37. I do not understand either of you. (laughs) No, I was just saying that. Uh I'm chewing. <laughs> you can't I can't bust about the moat right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm face deep in food. Oh, hold on. Someone's pooping. What? My cats are scratching at their litter. Okay, hold on. Ah. Mm-hmm.